Hey everyone, and welcome to the Inside Out Group podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we want to talk about the right time to bring on a team member. You have your hosts, Nathan Westfall and Michael Moore. Hello. How's it going? Good. I feel like every time recently that you've been like, to help your church or organization, I just want to be like, ah, I don't know. just want to sing. Like your uh, pads today, they were kind of more like upbeat. They were like, they turned on and I thought God was coming down himself because it was like. Oh, during the message? Yeah. You thought that? That was the intention? Good. That was the. That was the first, the, it played and I just looked straight up. Did you, did you guys have the glory dust fall? No. During, oh, yeah, that was who, planned out. Okay, <laughs> we're going to move right on from that topic and jump straight in. That was not planned out. Clearly. No. So to bring on a new team member, right? In some of the recent podcasts, we've talked about team communication, uh, behavioral trends, having the right team. Uh, today, we want to cover the topic now of when it uh, is the right time to bring on a new, tem- uh, new team member. So what do you have to say about this topic? About bringing on a new team member? I yeah. think that... I think that specifically for smaller churches uh, or smaller organizations as a whole, this is hard because you want to be able to scale to grow. Uh, You want to be able to employ people who have a passion for what it is that you're selling or for your ministry or for your mission or whatever it may be. Yep. But then there's a lot that comes into play. Um, there, there comes in, you know, payroll. There comes in, do sure. we have the extra money for that? Are we making our bottom line to be able to keep things afloat and afford a new, a new person? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, with the, um, you know, Affordable Health Care Act, there's new insurance laws now. And in New York State, we have New York State disability, and we have New York State family leave, and we have New York State. Any other probably thing something that, else by the end of the, the year. Yeah, that you yeah. can think of, and so there's a lot that actually goes into bringing on a team member. Yeah, and for someone who's in that kind of senior position, whether it's organizationally or in ministry, and more so on ministry, is probably a greater risk uh, as you're small and starting out uh, than it would be um, as for a larger church or a larger organization. Is, yeah, you know, you have a church of several thousand; they want to bring on someone it's much easier for them to be able to do, to do that, obviously, right. uh, simply because the financial resources are there and they probably have the system and the structure in it's place. It's less of a risk for them. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. And a lot of times for smaller businesses, smaller organizations, it is a risk. And it yep. really comes down to do the pros outweigh the cons. Yeah, no, that's good. So how would someone uh, determine who to bring on to staff? You know, when we're talking when we say staff for the purpose of this episode, unless that otherwise we're talking paid staff. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, how would you bring them on in the church? Yeah. So whenever I first started serving in ministry, so I guess you could say I started out as an intern. I met Jesus, and He radically changed my life. And about seven months after that, not maybe not even that. Um, Basically, I felt the call to ministry, read Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. And uh, so I left that conversation with God and I went to my youth pastor and said, hey, I was a senior in high school. Hey, I feel like I am supposed to go into ministry. What does that look like? And so he was like, well, show up early to church next week. And uh, I was handed, showed up to church and I was handed a black folder and I was told, "Um, here you go. You're now the small group leader for the sixth grade boys. Nice. And I was like, uh, deer in headlights look. And then he said, here's the meetings and let's start working. And so that was kind of my first initial introduction to ministry. And I was, I was thrown right in. Uh, but even then, it was just a small group leader. We called them I-teens off of, uh, yeah, I-teams off of Iron Sharpens Iron. 
mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Yep. And so that ended up uh, rolling into me starting to volunteer and to serve at the church. And I remember my senior pastor at the time, uh, this is probably six, seven months into it at this point. Uh, I've I, I've gone from being over one group to being over an entire junior high youth ministry of probably 60 to 80 students at this point. And uh, my senior pastor came up to me and, you know, he started talking to me. What are your dreams? What if you're what are the things that you desire in the future? What's your goals? And so, you know, I told him I want to I want to work at this church. I was very blunt with him. I want to work at this church, which yeah. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. And I remember him him saying you need to create a spot uh, that it's so crucial for you to get paid that if we didn't pay you, we would actually be losing yeah, out. That's good. And yep. you got to pray um, that God's the only one that can do it, and you got to work like you're the only one that can do it. I'll yep. never remember that conversation or never forget that conversation <laughs> sitting there uh, in the sound booth editing a video or something along those lines for the youth service. And he said that. And it was just kind of this defining moment in my life. And so whenever I look at, uh, how should someone determine who to hire? Yep. Uh, it's a little different outside of a non-for-profit or a organization that heavily relies on volunteerism. It's sure, a lot different sure. in the marketplace, so to yeah. speak. But specifically in the church setting, um, you want to look for someone who is eager to work at the church, mm-hmm. at, at the church. Someone who has proven that they're going to be faithful, someone who's proven that they're determined. Yep. Someone who's willing to go above and beyond yep. in the simple duties. It's more than just greeting people on Sunday, but this is something that they want their life to be immersed with. Um, and 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 really, one of the things that I did is I was very vocal to Reg. Yep. And this is where I said I was going back. I was very vocal to Reg, and I remember saying, I want to work at this church. Yep. We both have a mutual friend, Kristen Estes. She, uh, at, she was attending one church, and I remember she went up to the senior pastor, and she said, hey, I'm going to be on staff at this church. And he kind of chuckled a little bit, and she was like, no, I'm being serious. Are you looking for a media director? And that's how she got the job. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times um, it's looking for those people that are interested in the organization, bought into the mission and the vision, and who have a desire to actually make this a career type thing. And, and let me just preface it with that. In the church or ministry, a lot of people that maybe the senior leader would want uh, on their staff, those people sometimes do not have the same desires to be on your staff. For instance, Nathan Westfall. Uh. What do you mean? I mean that I would have totally hired you back in the day, and you were oh, like, yeah. I, never I, like I, I never want to work at a church. Yeah. And ever since then, I've just been like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I know. And answer still the same in case you it, wanted to ask. Well, this we'll we'll see what happens fifteen <laughs> years from now. You sure. know, who knows? Sure. Who knows? God can change his heart and bring him salvation and repentance. And As anyways, um, so you want to look for people who have a desire to be there. You want to sure. look for people who are going to be faithful, dependable, and who kind of have a proven track record. I would not just hire someone who walked into our church and hire yeah. them on staff two months later. Yep. Uh, usually it's a year. They they usually have to, for us, it's, they have to be there around a year plus, yep. unless it's an outside hire, which we'll talk about that yep. uh, in a little bit as well. So that's, that's kind of um, how you determine it as far as who you should hire. Uh, the other aspect of it is you really have to look at it. Is our church or is our organization ready for this person that we would like to be on staff to be on paid staff? Yep. No, that's good. Um, so this next question, I think it's interesting. I'm I'm curious to see your answer. Do you hire for the role or for the person? That's a great question. 
And so this has actually been a conversation that we've been having internally a little bit, not a lot. And we'll, I'm having a meeting tomorrow where I know this is going to come up. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is do we want to hire for the role or do we want to hire for the person? And, and this, is, this is what's going back to us internally. We don't want to just put people into a position because we need someone into a position or yeah. we don't want to put people into a position just because they're passionate about that position. Now, yeah. passion is a huge added bonus to it. We want you to be passionate. That will, that will drive you. That will get more results. Yeah. But we need, and this is what we're learning, we have, we've determined that we need to define the role that we would want someone to be hired in and not to define the person necessarily that we would want to hire. Yeah. And so let me, let me give you an example. Let me jump back to whenever I was starting out in youth ministry. So I worked my, my butt off starting out in youth ministry, and I was probably at the church 15 to 20 hours a week volunteering. Uh, whenever I came on staff, it was because there was a role that had been created where there was such a need that they had to hire someone to be able to manage the amount of kids that they were seeing come in. Yeah. Um, and then there was some other stuff that happened, and I'm not going to get onto that because it's very personal for other people in the church. Uh, but the position, position, the position became available at the church, and then they approached me, do you want the what they call the executive student pastor or executive student director uh, job title? Um, and so I said, yeah. And so I went through the whole interview process and stuff like that. And so even though I was a volunteer who was extremely passionate about youth ministry, whenever they actually moved me into that role, they looked to see if I would be able to fit the job description and the role that was laid out in the job description, even though the pastor liked me and the associate pastor and the different volunteers, even though I was there all the time, they really zoned in and they said, are you the person? that is going to fit the role that this church needs right now over, hey, we like you, we're just going to hire you, yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of thing. And a lot of times what will happen is if, and this is where, where we've learned, if you do not clearly define the results that you want to, if you do not clearly define the job description, the responsibilities, even the org chart and who you have to report to, it will cause dissension or it will cause um, uh, disunity or it mm-hmm. will cause division at some capacity, some level within the organization as time progresses. Yeah. And it's usually going to come back to the senior leader. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so John Maxwell's everything rises and falls on leadership. Yeah. So, um, I, so I would say you want to hire for the role over hiring for the person. And then you want to make sure that the person that you're hiring fits the role that your church needs. Interesting. Okay. What are your thoughts? I mean, you're you're totally you're in the marketplace. I mean, you were hired not because you're a likable guy, because yeah, obviously you're that's not, not true at you're all. Not, yeah, <laughs> no. Um, so we're actually a little bit of the opposite, but I want to define how we define for the person, and maybe this is something else. So we have people come through, uh, and while they're a qualified candidate, sometimes they're not uh, the best case for that position. However, being a huge company that we are, we know a position that would fit them better. Um, so what we've actually done with um, a couple of our past hires, um, the person's been great. They're technically profound. Um, but it's something where, like, we don't think they'll fit well in our team or the opposite where, like, they have the willingness to learn, but they would fit really well in our team. So maybe the skills lack. Right, and, right. And we hire that person to either um, – stay on our team and grow. So if it's the personality type, we'll hire them there and then teach them the skills that they need. If it's the other way where it's more of a role that fits uh, somewhere, maybe somewhere else in the company, we'll actually hire them and then help them transfer six months later 
so they prove their dedication in that temporary term because they obviously applied for the job, so there's some right, degree right. of them wanting to it, but we'll actually set them up longer term if they prove themselves within that situation. So you kind of have a built-in probation period for people that are not at 100% Correct. The, the, of the candidate qualifications that you're looking for. Correct. That, that's kind of cool. I kind of like that. Yeah, so we go in the ex- with the expectation, like our rules are very, very well defined out, and that's how we do the interview process. But if we all feel that uh, he's, you know, he or she is leaning one way or the other, but the person themselves is really good. And I'm not talking just likable. I'm talking like uh, you could tell they fit our culture. You can tell they fit the team, uh, stuff like that, that you can't really train. Right. You can't train someone to be a go getter. You can't right, train right. someone to, uh, you know, have a positive attitude and really take the problem head on. You're preaching right now. I know I'm bringing it. Um the role you can always train for. Yeah. So um, obviously there's a balance, right? We would never do this with an executive or something like that. They totally. have to be qualified for something like that. Um, but for other positions, uh, you rather have the person in the drive that they have, and you can find a role for them somewhere later on. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Just out of curiosity, this is totally not in our plan questions. Yeah. How do you feel whenever you look at job postings? Like, I don't know, you're probably not looking to transfer jobs, no. but um, but let's just say there's a job posting and it requires a four-year degree. How does that make you feel? Um, it doesn't scare me anymore. So I've actually applied for jobs that have said four-year. And you've got them. I know, yeah. <laughs> and you've gotten promoted. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they don't scare me as much. Um, and I, I encourage against them. I think uh, out of all the job postings I've had to do for my team, I've purposely left that off. Um, I'll list experience over over uh, education. Yeah, so I do that internally too. Yeah, the the reason I ask is because uh, just occasionally I'll I'll just go out there or I'll get an ad that will pop up on Facebook and I'm like, oh, let's see what some of the requirements are for some of these jobs. Yep. Um, let me make this clear: not with the intention of me leaving, but oh, like but you're if, always interested. I I do just like, for interest. Yeah, too. just yeah. honestly, just out of curiosity, and we get we get you know a quarterly report of you know staff churching salaries and stuff yeah. like that of yep. what where we should be, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things I find interesting is it doesn't matter if it's a kids worker, worship pastor, audio engineer, uh, or a senior pastor. All of them say, um, usually, it's like four-plus years of experience and a bachelor's degree is required. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know. I know so many pastors who are phenomenal pastors uh, who do not have that four-year degree. Right, yeah. And uh, so... Yeah, for the most part, I'm against the whole degree thing. Yeah, I think I am too. Yeah, not that education is bad. I would totally encourage someone if they felt led to go oh, to school totally or university agree. to do. But so. you also got to understand it's not for everyone. And if someone's like, "Oh, I'm 23 and you know I dropped out of college, but I have six years of experience," you could tell that. Yeah, look at Mark Zuckerberg or however yeah, you say his name. Zuckerberg. You know, Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark. Good. You know yeah. he ru- rules the world. Right. Kinda. Right. Yep. So, so okay, all right. Back to back to the question. Little side rant. Yeah, it's all good. What are some of the things that should be done uh, before you bring this person on? So let's say you hired them or internally you've desired, decided that like this is the person we want to go with. What are some of those things that have to be done before the person's actually on? Yeah, so this is something that I've learned from trial and error. I've hired people for the person because I love them. And they were incredible people. Don't get me wrong. And I still love them, still have a great relationship. And yep. it, just didn't, it just didn't work out. Yep. Uh, a lot of it was on our end. And so what we've what we've tried to do is we try to get them as much information as possible uh, about the job and about the role. So this includes job description, organizational chart. We have our city church playbook that says this is why and this is how we do church. Goes through all of that. Uh, we've even had to to really get very specific in detail as far as like 
uh, stylistically what kind of church we want to be moving forward. And all of that stuff is obviously open to change in the future, but this is where we are. Whenever we're looking for someone, this is this is what it is. Yeah. The other stuff, this is kind of rolling on, we haven't implemented this yet, but we will most definitely implement this, is we're going to have people do um, the behavior test, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the PI test that mm-hmm. you did, which, which what were you? You were a... Uh, I don't remember. I was the same as... Were you a maverick? Yeah. You were a maverick? Okay. So I was a captain. So we want to be able to know their behavior type. And then obviously um, you've got the other personalities tests that are out there and and stuff. And and so we want to run that through that, through them to also know what kind of person we're we're dealing with. Now, in the church world, this is different. This may not... um, and, and I'll just say this, as far as church and marketplace, you can do all the same in the marketplace as far as pre-testing, intelligence, yeah. um, how they're going to fit with the rest of the team before they even meet the team. Yeah. Uh, some some uh, marketplace jobs have this, but I think more so it's becoming pretty common in church. Uh, we won't hire someone unless there's a background check done. Yeah. Um, and then if they're working with money, we don't do this. We will probably do this in the future. But if they're working with money, we also want to make sure that their credit is not shot. Um, yeah, sure. Because if, if they have a credit score of 525 and they've got $25,000 in credit card bills, we don't want them working with the finances in the church. You sure. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess it also depends on on kind of what role yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, as yeah. well. So really defining the role and doing the personality test, the pre-testing. Uh, I think multiple interviews is good, multiple interview with the person who would be doing the hiring with the, the team, uh, which we'll get into that in a few minutes. Uh, and just really trying to get them exposed to as much as possible on the front end so that they know what they're signing up for and so that you know who they are um, that's yeah. applying for for the, the job. Um, so I think all of that stuff should be done before you actually make the decision yes or no. And then also look at multiple candidates, you know. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't limit yourself to one or two candidates. You know, look at four or five. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's good. Uh, how do you know if it's the the right time for this person? Yeah. So, how do you know if it's the right time? Um, so, so I guess it kind of it kind of depends. Um, it really depends on what the situation is for your organization, and so it may be that you just need a part timer. So, you really, it is identifying what is going to be the next hire yeah. in ministry. Do we need a kids leader? Do we need a worship leader? Do we need a small group leader? Has the ministry grown or the department grown to a role that we have to pay someone, whether part-time or full-time? Yep. Um, Really identifying those steps. And then also looking at finances. If the bottom line is not there, I would strongly encourage you not to do it. And we'll get to the faith step in a minute. And so we stole this from Mark. I think we've even mentioned this in previous podcasts. But the way that we structure our, or we try to structure our income uh, is 35-35-2010. So 35% to building, yep. um, and that includes utilities for the building, upkeep of the building, yep. internet, et cetera. 35% towards salary, which yep. includes salary if there's health care, added benefits, uh, New York State tax, yeah. federal tax. Yeah. Um, the church does have to pay tax on employees. I think a lot of people think that we're exempt from that. That is not the case. Yep. Um and then 20% for ministry and 10% to go out. Uh, and then the rest would go into savings. So, so that's kind of our our goal. And so are we there financially? Are we at 28% of our 35% budget? And can we bring someone on for that You know, extra 6 right. or 7%? Right. Yep. Is it going to be worth it? 
And then from there, you really have to ask yourself the question, is this a financial faith step? And so we have been at a place where we did a financial faith step. For instance, it was myself and one part-time person several years ago, and that part-time person moved, and then we realized she was doing three separate roles. And so we brought it to the board. We talked about it. I was scared to death of their decision, but their decision was we need to hire three separate people to be able to fulfill her role and for it to be done um, right. That yep. way one person isn't overwhelmed. And that terrified me. Yep. It was one of the best decisions we made at the time. Yeah. Um, it stretched me. It literally tripled our salary that we yep. were paying out. Yep. But it was good because people were able to get plugged into stuff that they were passionate about. They, could, they only had to focus on their area. Yeah. Um, and, and it worked, it worked out well. And so that was a big faith step for me and the church grew because of it. So sometimes for churches that are at places where do we, um, do we hire someone? Do we not hire someone? Um, well, we really need someone, you know, uh, I, I think you also have to look, if you're the person doing the hiring, how, overwhelmed are you? Yeah. Are yeah. you at a place where you're so overwhelmed because of all the stuff you have to do? Have mm-hmm. you delegated stuff to volunteers and has it gotten to a point where, um, okay, I've delegated stuff to volunteers, but I'm still overwhelmed. So I need to hire an assistant yeah. or I need to hire someone yep. to take over the worship ministry or whatever right. it may be. Right. No, um, that- and so as you hire for positions as a senior leader, you want to get yourself out of doing the stuff in that position. You do not want to micromanage them. You want to show them, release them, and then let them do it and then check up on them as a manager. So, um, and and again, that goes back down to the financial faith step. Um, and, and really it, it is one of those things where you just have to outweigh the pros and the cons with it, you know, um, or even put them on a trial period, you know, 90 day probational period or something like that. And so, um, yeah, so that's what I would I would say about it at being the right, the right time. time. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. Um, okay, so when bringing in uh, or bringing on a new person, how would you see if they uh, gel with the rest of the team? And I have an answer for this too, by the way. Why don't you go first? Okay, so I'm going to combine my answer for this and the one uh, with what you should be what you should be doing with the person before they're brought on. Okay. So in our interview process, um, at least for one of our teams. We do a group interview as their last interview, and it's actually with 80% of the team because it's a small team, so there's three or four of us actually interviewing this person, but it's the team. Right, right. Um, and the last question, the last couple of questions we asked them, so we are in the room for about 45 minutes asking, all going back and forth about stuff, trying to make them feel comfortable because it's like a light interview at this point. They've passed everything technical. Right. Um, and one of our last questions back to them are, you know, if you had to start with this team, how do you think you would would work with us. So we kind of put them on the spot and they kind of see what that team looks like right. during the interview process. Um, the other thing we do before we bring this person on, the other question we ask is what's their favorite thing about their job now? and What's their least favorite thing? And then without telling them all three of us will also answer that question. Um, and then ask them if they have any other questions about the position, knowing that we just told them what we hate to do. So they kind of understand uh, what they're getting into, what our pain points are. Right. Uh, and no, that's not, good. That not only helps them, but it helps to make sure that if you end up offering them a job and they say, oh, that part really threw me off, then you know they weren't the right person. Yeah, I think that that's good. I yeah. think that's that's good. I would I would also say, like, pull in people in a group interview, most yeah. definitely. Maybe even in our case, having them sit in a staff meeting or two. Oh, for sure. Um, 
if we're hiring internally, which most of our hiring has been internally, yep. uh, then then we would we would obviously know them already, but we would bring them into staff meeting. We would yep. start to get them exposed to more behind the scenes stuff, see how they react. Uh, and then also the team should sit down and talk to them. But once the team gets done, I need to go interview the team and find out what they oh, really yeah. thought about the person. Yeah. And so I remember I was on staff at a church and they were about to hire a new kids pastor and they brought in this guy. They paid for his flight and his family came out and stuff. And I even think he taught that Sunday in kids. Um, but the guy would not shut up. Like, I don't know how else to put like the home dude just talked and talked yeah. and bragged about I've done this and I've done that and we could do this and just all these these things and we it came back and it was like so team what did you think and everyone's response was he didn't let anybody talk yeah and so because he didn't let anybody talk we we figured out how he gelled with the rest of the team and they said yep. sorry we're, we're gonna pass and, yep. and here's why yep. um and so it I, I think it was cool because I think and then the next person they brought on was phenomenal just gelled yeah. so so well yeah and so you have to have um people have to be able to gel with the team. Oh yeah. Um, and if it's an inside hire, I would say it's going to be a lot easier. Uh, do have they built up influence in the church? Uh, do people respect them as a leader? Yep. Are they a man or woman of integrity and character? If it's an outside hire, I think you have to do a lot more research and digging into it on the, on the front end. And that's it. where the group interviews really help for yeah. sure. Cause I yeah. mean, all of our interviews are outside hires. No one knows anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so most of, most of ours have been inside hires. Um, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the way church world works. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless you live It'd in the South. It'd be weird if I kind of hired someone internally all the time. Yeah, it's in the South, it's just like, oh, I'm going to go to ABC Church six months later. Oh, I don't like it here. Let me go to XYZ. No. Sorry. If you're listening to this in the South, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> we love you, though. Yeah. Praying for you. Yeah. For God's salvation. Boom, boom. Hey, I'm going to Texas pretty soon. I know. I'm I know. happy for you. You should go. I'm thinking about it. You should. I am. So any final thoughts as we wrap this up um, with this topic? Yeah, I would just say uh, I'm going to go back to what Craig Rochelle says. Be slow to hire, quick to fire. Mm -hmm. Slow to hire, quick to fire. Get as much information. Get to know the person. See how their work ethic is. Everything on the front end. Even if you have to pay them for a week of coming in, we're just going to try it. Yeah. You know, Um do as, as as much research as possible on the front end before you actually hire them. Yep. Um, and then that would be my recommendation. Yep. No, that's good. Um, Do you have anything? As my final thoughts? Um, I don't think so. I, I'm just with you with the slow to hire process. I mean, our, our interview process is at least six people. And that's not include so I can leave yeah, that back. Yeah. Six interviews. That's not including how many people are in the group interview. Yeah, your interview process was like two, three months, right? Yes, it was. And some of the times it would be I'd be at the uh be at the office doing interviews nonstop for five hours, I think was the longest one. Um and I sat with five people that day. It's a long one. I think the longest interview I've ever been in was probably two and a half. We also do some whiteboard stuff in our interview, so I got locked in a room one time for an hour and a half and had to draw stuff on the board. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So that part isn't always as fun, but uh, it is what it is. So um, we want to thank everyone for listening to this week's episode of the Inside Out Group podcast. If you have any questions or want to find out more, you can find us on the web, insideoutgroup.org. If you want to follow Mike anywhere on social media, you can find him at MikeMoreALB or therealmikemore.com. We thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. 